Hey everybody, this is Bevan. Welcome to Bevan, a femme over 40 and her friends podcast. I'm your host, Bevan. I've said my name three times. It's time to start the show. Um, I'm sitting here with my co-host, Biscuit Reynolds, my cat who may snore. So just be forewarned if you hear some uh, snorty noises there from my little flat-faced co-host. Today I want to talk about you're not too old and it's not too late. Um, I want to just kind of provide you a nutshell of some of my greatest advice to somebody who is in the process of unfolding. Um, I don't care how old you are. If you are 20 years old, the advice still stands as much as if you were 60 or 80 years old. Like you are literally not too old and it's not too late. We have this very distorted view in our culture that like, your life is really only your 20s and 30s. And then everything else is just kind of like this, like, I don't know, sad little (laughs) aftershock of the things and decisions you made in your 20s and 30s, uh, which is really sad. There's actually so much more life. um, And you can do so much in five years. And the older you are, the more you know, you can do a lot in five years, a lot changes in five years. It's actually my primary coping strategy during uh, the coronavirus pandemic and all of the uncertainty going on is literally keeping my eyes laser focused on five years from now and what I want those goals to be. Um, and, And really, whenever I think about my goals, I think about, and this is something I've learned from very successful people who are both not just like successful in in all the sort of typical ways, but also just very happy and life satisfied people. These are people um, who have taught me a lot about uh, what you have to do to meet goals. It's not just like checking off to do lists. It's a process of becoming and unfolding that actually gets you to where you want to be. Um, I have a, a great coach that I follow, Kyle Cease. Um, he taught Um, gosh, this was a goal I set out in January of 2019. Um, but basically he was like, come up with a really scary goal that feels super outside of like what's possible for you and just set it. And then we're going to reverse engineer how you become the person for whom it's no, not that big of a deal, um, to become that. So I set out the goal to sell 20,000 workout videos. Um, that's a life changing amount of workout videos for me to sell both other people's lives, potentially 20,000 lives, but we'll say like maybe half the people who buy my workout videos actually even do them and then actually like experience the transformation, right? Even that 10,000 people is a lot, right? So I was like 20,000 workout videos also like pays off all of my debt and it funds most importantly to me, actually, in my little creative self, it funds the next workout video, right? So I, you know, really set out like to figure out how to become the person for whom that's not so much of a big deal. Now we're like, I don't know, it's September 2020 when I'm filming or filming recording this. Um, I, I haven't sold 20,000 workout videos, nothing close to that, but I have become a lot more like a person for whom it would be not a big deal to sell that many workout videos. And that to me, I think is true success is just moving from failure to failure with great enthusiasm. Um, but like, I'm actually, you know, and I'll say this is part of my success in the last year and a half. I've really learned how to fail um, and really gotten way more comfortable with failure um, as someone who was very frozen by perfectionism. Uh, for most of my life. I've talked about this at length in this podcast. Um, perfectionism kept me from ever trying for anything good. Um, and everything good, everything good, I want you to hear this, is outside of your comfort zone. It's on the other end of doing something scary and juicy and uncomfortable. You are not too old. It is not too late to be who you want to be, 
to be who you really are, to discover who you really are, and to do the things that are on your heart to do. It really isn't too old. You're not too old. It's not too late. And obviously, like, I'm sure there's some negative folks out there who are like, well, Bevan, my goal was to be an NFL star. And I'm like 55 years old, and it's just not possible. Yeah, okay, I can't in a podcast, if you wanted me to teach you how to be an NFL star, this is the wrong podcast. But also like, you know, yeah, duh. But you know what you can be, you can be wildly more happy and more satisfied with your life a year from now, if you uh, start really paying attention to who you're becoming and how you are in the world. Uh, So I just want you to like, you out there, whoever you are listening to this, you know what's on your heart. You know that little thing that is just like whispering at you, that dream that you have, or that vision for yourself. Um, I just talked to someone today who's in her 40s and came out as gender gender queer. Their 40s, I should say. I don't know their their um, their pronouns. Uh, but you know, came out as a new gender, a fresh gender expression in their 40s. That's wild and awesome and not so common. Like it's 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 like Tuesday if you hear a 20-year-old tell you about their new identity. But like for someone midlife to like say, you know what? I want to live out my truth and I want to do it in this new way and here I am. I think this pandemic is a great opportunity for folks to really lean into a new version of themselves they haven't yet explored uh, because we're not in the same sort of visual trappings that we typically are, right? Like when we're out in quote society, right? Going to school or going to an office or whatever. Um, If you're not seeing people, you don't have to perform your gender as much. And so you can settle into something that's more true and more authentic. Um, And also I think gender is play. And so I think when you have more time alone um, by yourself, you can play more. So I feel like we're going to see coming out of this a lot more gender um, coming out. We're going to see a lot more sexuality coming out. Um, this uh, very famous uh, blogger has been talking. It's it's a long story how this happened, but basically like uh, stumbled into some deep queer sexuality from folks who are not yet out uh, about queerness. Very like people really wanting to explore that. Right. And I'll say this as a, an out queer woman who has attended many, many straight events Um quote unquote straight women will come up to me all the time and out themselves as queer to me. And these are people who are living their lives, letting everyone assume that they're straight, but they're not. Um, And so I think more and more authenticity is going to come out about that. Cause I actually, I mean, people say like what 10% of the population is LGBTQ. And I think that's a lie. I think when you're socialized in a heteronormative cisgender society, you are taught ways of being, you are taught sexuality you are not allowed to explore your gender. You're not allowed to explore your sexuality. And so obviously people are like much more complex than that, right? Much more complex than the boxes that our society and capitalism wants us to, to put ourselves in. Um, people who are easily categorized are easily controlled. Um, and so I just, I just want to say like, you know, there's this conformist culture that wants us all to do the same thing, but human diversity is very real. And that's the thing that I really lock on on. I like see all these things that try to deny human diversity. And I'm like, this just feels wild to me. Like, I'll tell you this, we're right in the thick of the presidential election in the US. And I just think a two party system is nowhere near adequate enough to actually represent human diversity in America. Um, Certainly not at the government level um, to get people's interests uh, made. And so we've got these quote unquote two parties that are actually way more alike than they are different um, and definitely don't represent everyone's needs. Um, That was a tangent, (laughs) but I'm going to go back into um, just basically you're not too old. It's not too late. 
thinking about who you really are or what you really want out of life, like you don't like stop procrastinating, start playing with it, start exploring. Um, a lot of, uh, life is just lived in the process of unfolding. Um, it's messy. Like we, I think we get sold this idea that like, you're going to have like two and a half kids. You're going to get married. Um, you're going to go to law school, become a lawyer. As many of you know, if you're new to this podcast, hi, I used to be a lawyer. Um, I'm retired from that now. Uh, and, um, I'll just say like, there's this, I never really thought about the life that I was going to live. Uh, when I went to law school, I didn't really dig into that. I wanted, I went to law school because people told me I should be a lawyer. Right. And I think a lot of people are living shoulded lives where they have like boxed themselves into all these different ways of being, um, that aren't true for them. And it's just cause like, that's the only thing they were introduced to. So they didn't know any different. Um, when I first came out, um, I came out in a really like, uh, in college in a very, um, sort of femphobic, uh, LGBTQ community. I'll say this, like there really appeared to be just two ways to be gay. It was either you were like a hippie, uh, a hippie lesbian or like uh, an easygoing gay guy. And that was like all the representation I saw. I did not see queers or flamboyance or gender nonconformity and definitely nobody who was femme, uh, who was out as femme and, and owned that identity. So then uh, when I went to law school and I met like queer identified people who were queer and by queer, I mean, very weird and also very like multi-sexuality and multi-gendered. Um, but also fat folks who love themselves and femmes who were femme identified, femme presenting and very, very queer. And it was like a revelation to me. I didn't even know that those identities existed, especially not intersected in one person. Um, and it blew my mind and it just expanded the possibility of what was available for me. And uh, when I found those identities, um, I really leaned into identity politics and like wanting to like strongly identify with those things. And what's interesting about identities is that everybody has different um, relationships to those words. Everything about, you know, words that define us are subject to what other people think and what other people associate. Um, and so it's, it, it was very liberating for me to like see that as a possibility. And that's kind of why, like, I branded everything on the internet, Queer Fat Femme, for a long time, because those were identities that really unlocked me. Um, but actually, eventually, they became identities that locked me in because I was still in the process of unfolding. And there was still more about me than just those things. And I started to kind of realize I was like, I mean, also, you know, fast forward 10 years into the internet, when I started my blog in like 2007, um, nobody else was like, using that moniker, the, the most famous queer fat femme was Beth Ditto from the gossip. Um, but there really wasn't a lot of representation. Now, like 12 years later, there's tons of representation. There are lots of queer fat femmes out there. And there's so many different ways to be a queer fat femme. I just stopped feeling comfortable, like being that right, like on Instagram. So that's why I changed my name to Bevan's party. But like, also, I recognized I was unfolding in more and more ways that were more and more liberating than just being a queer fat femme. Like I came out about my use of cannabis, which was a huge thing, but it felt like because there's so much stigma around cannabis, right? Even though I think it's a very healing plant, and I want more people to know about its healing properties. So I am a very enthusiastic um, user of cannabis and talk about it a lot. 
Um, I also had to come out about my spirituality. I kept that on lock for a long time. And I think it's kind of weird because like people who've known me like personally know that my spirituality has like been brewing for the last 10 years, but I haven't really been talking about it publicly until the last couple. And that was intentional. I like felt like people would judge me uh, because of my spirituality. Um, and eventually I had to get over thinking about people judging me. Um, and the same thing happened like when I came out as uh, when I originally came out, I came out as, uh, what did I come out by lesbian? I don't know what I picked. I didn't know queer yet, but when I first came out, um, I was terrified. I thought I was going to lose all my friends, even though my friends were very like queer accepting. I don't know. I, it's, it, you make up fears to like keep yourself in the same box because you're too afraid of what will happen if you change. And honestly, th- there, I interrogate that fear now. Um, and in fact, I feel that fear every day as a practice and I work through it. Um, and I, I mean, truly, I wish I had that practice 20 years ago. I'd be way further ahead than I am now. Um, but like, you know, that fear just kind of builds and builds and builds. And the more you don't deal with it, the bigger it gets. Um, and then eventually you come out of the closet. Most of your friends are fine and life is just happier. Uh, it, it's so interesting, like how all the consequences I thought. And I came out in 1998. That was a, that was pre- a lot of things, pre-gay marriage, pre, um, just very post-Ellen, just recently post-Ellen, but like, just, it was very scary. I remember it being one of the scariest things I ever did, and then it was just so easy once it happened. And I'll say also, like, when I came out, I came out when I was in love with someone who at the time identified as a woman, so it uh, was a lot easier to come out to just say, Hey, I have a girlfriend now. I say, I didn't come out as anything. I just came out as having a girlfriend. I was like, Hey, I have a girlfriend now. And then when we broke up, it became, Hey, my ex-girlfriend, blah, blah, blah. And then it was easy to come out. And it was just like in the flow of conversation. But as a femme presenting person, I get to come out my whole life because people just assume that I'm straight all the time. Um, So I have some tips about like the becoming, right? Like, and how to kind of become who you really are. Um, number one, be willing to be uncomfortable. Just like I said, like life begins at the end of your comfort zone. Um, it is so uncomfortable and scary to be your true self and to own your authenticity and to risk talking to people you love about it. Um, but it's way more uncomfortable and scary to live a life that is un unfolded. Ununfolded is a double negative, a folded life. I don't know. Crumpled. Do you want to be like, I don't know, in your full fullness of who you are, or do you want to go to the grave with your dreams still locked inside you? That's a real question. And um, I think the graveyard is, you know, some of the most expensive real estate in the whole world because of the value of all of those dreams that didn't come to pass. Um, I know so many people, stories of people who didn't ever come out their whole lives. They just stayed in the closet. And then at the very end, somebody finds out something or they find letters or whatever. Like what a sad experience of life to not get to share with the people you love the truth of who you really are. Um, And to and honestly, like one of the coolest things I learned about boundaries recently, is that you only make boundaries with people you love and want to keep in your life. If you don't want to keep someone in your life, just release them, right? But if you want to keep them in your life, you set boundaries. I, I had to set a boundary when I was 18 years old. I wasn't I, I didn't even understand that being fat and happy were things that could coexist at the same time, right? But I did have to tell my mother, you can't talk to me about my body anymore because it made me feel bad every time. It was so judgy and it came from a place of concern, right? Like my mom was very concerned for my health, right? As many people 
talk about fat people, but like, that's also very intermingled with fat phobia. Um, and it just became at that point intolerable for me to hear her talk about my body ever again. So I just set that boundary. It wasn't pretty. It was like, I was 18 years old. I didn't know how to set boundaries, but I just told her straight up, you can't talk to me about my body anymore. Um, and it, it worked because she, she stopped and eventually she started to hear and listen. Like as I became radicalized into body liberation politics and fat positivity, um, she started hearing me and now she's very like, I would say she's very body positive compared to how she used to be. Um, and certainly very body, body positive about me. Um, and that, and, and also doesn't talk negatively about her body in front of me. Right. Like, so those are the, the important boundaries for me is like, I don't want to hear negative body talk from anybody about their body around me. Right. And I don't want to hear negative body talk about my body and I'm not going to talk about my body to anyone else unless I bring it up. So, and I'll also say this, I set a boundary with my, with my neighbors all the time. Cause I've had multiple people now tell me they see, they see, oh, you've lost weight. And I say immediately, I don't care about that. I don't really care about my body changing. Um, but when you're noticing my body changing, that means that you're paying attention to my body. So I'm really curious, like what's going on for you. I always turn it around on people. It makes them very uncomfortable. Um, but they deserve to be uncomfortable because they're talking about my body without my consent. So anyway, <laughs> And also, I'm not afraid to be uncomfortable because I know that as I'm uncomfortable, I'm unfolding the true, new, authentic version of myself because obviously we're continuing to unfold. Um, I think also something that I want to teach on this is just to leap anyway, um, just leap into the void. I, you can go back on this podcast and listen to me kind of freaking out about leaving LA. Um, about uh, I wasn't even really contemplating leaving LA a year ago. And then um, it was like the end of September. And I suddenly realized I got to go. You know what I mean? I can't afford to stay here anymore. That just the writing was on the wall. And I was like, wow, I really got to make some different choices. I'm so glad I did. And I couldn't have imagined how good that leap would be simply, you know, because of the circumstances of quarantine and COVID and getting to live near my mom, who I love in spite of, you know, I love because we worked on a relationship. We've had conflict. Conflict is, uh, being willing to to be in a relationship with someone. That's how you grow a relationship is having conflict and, and growing through it, you know? Um, but leaping anyway, most people are living through other people's opinions of them. They're not actually living their real life. Um, and that keeps a lot of people in their safety zone rather than leaping to try to be somewhere new. Um, also, like, remember that the people in your life are there for a reason, a season or a lifetime. Like not everyone is meant to stick around. And the people who are most invested in you staying the same are also like super not willing to change themselves and super not willing to get uncomfortable. And sometimes you got to leave those people behind. And that's really heartbreaking. Um, and I'll say there's a lot of friends that I'm like really sad about not having in my life anymore. But I know I can't have them in my life because they don't honor where I'm at, or they just kind of choose to stay stuck or, you know, it was just a season, right? <coughs> so also, I feel like most of your life is actually wrapped up in the release of what is no longer serving you. So whether that's like, you know, behavior stuff that you're doing, or people that you're keeping in your life or whatever, like, there is a lot of life that you're sacrificing because you're spending a lot of time people pleasing or doing things that other people like expect or want you to do rather than actually doing what's on your heart and really kind of getting clear about that kind of stuff. 
Um, another piece of advice I have about um, you're not too old and it's not too late um, is just having gratitude and appreciation for what you have and where you're going. Um, if you are living a life where you're just constantly focused on what's wrong, that's all you're going to experience. Um, I think like, uh, being positive is a choice, um, that only strong people make, uh, humans have a negativity bias. We are programmed biologically to think negatively. We have to actually work hard to think positively, but that actually creates a better quality of life. Um, and when you're focusing on where you're doing well, um, with a mind to what you want to improve or what you want to unfold, right? That helps you feel stronger and remember how far you've come. Often, um, I get really caught up. I'm such a Capricorn. I'm very goal oriented and I get really caught up in like this experience of like, oh, I've had this goal and I'm not there yet. And that sucks, right? Like that's something I've had to really unprogram for myself. Like the fact that I set a goal to sell 20,000 workout videos felt very audacious at the time. Um, continues to feel audacious, uh, continues to feel like a little like, if I'm being honest, just of like a mild bummer that I haven't hit that yet. But also, well, maybe I haven't become the person that I need to be in order to sell that many workout videos. It's so possible. Um, I also think like the, um, just the circumstances of, of, my business, like make it really hard to both produce great work, which is something I'm very, very dedicated to. Um, and then also marketing great work, right? Like marketing, like I do the jobs of like six people every day <laughs> and I'm not that great at the, on, on the marketing realm of it. I'm a good storyteller, but I'm not like a pithy marketer. So I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm, I'm cons consistent and I keep showing up. Um, but like just kind of being willing to like be positive about your goals um, even as it hasn't happened yet, right? Um, is like, that's the juice of life, right? Like that's like figuring out how to like love the journey um, and not just focus so much on the destination. But also I think destinations are really important. And again, like you're not too old and it's not too late. If you have like a dream on your heart to be an entrepreneur, or if you have a dream on your heart to like take up painting or, or an instrument. There's so many things that so many of us think like, oh, I could never do that. And then eventually at some point you get old enough and you get wise to the bullshit and you unplug from the matrix and you're like, wait, I think I maybe could do that. And then do it. Here's the thing that like, most people don't do it. Most people just think, oh, maybe I could or talk themselves out of things rather than risking something new. I mean, what do you have to lose? Like I gave up, I'll tell you this. I had to release a lot of things in the last year. And something I released was The Real Housewives. I actually really love The Real Housewives. I think it's fun. It's kind of like sports for me. Um, I don't like watching them fight. I wish I could have like an edit of The Real Housewives that's just really lifestyle um, and not their dumb fights that they talk about endlessly. Um, but I've also learned a lot about emotional intelligence and growth from watching their example because um, I can't not like apply all the things I learned to watching it. But I had to give it up. I had to release uh, Real Housewives because it wasn't actually nourishing me or getting me towards my goals um, so that I could spend more time nourishing myself and getting towards my goals. Um, so anyway, just like thinking about like what what's going to get you there and cutting out the stuff that keeps you from doing the things you know you need to do. Um, and also to that end, um, I really want you to focus on competing with the past versions of yourself instead of anybody else. It's so easy to look at other people and think, wow, I wish I had had it as easy as them or blah, blah, blah. I'll tell you this, from the truth files of my little head, 
um, there's a lot of people who have come out as queer um, after kind of setting themselves up very well in uh, influencer territory, right? Like getting a lot of Instagram followers and stuff when they were straight identified and now they're queer identified, right? Um, and that has been hard for me as a person who was always queer identified. I, I talked earlier about how my handle on the internet was queer fat femme for a long time. Um, and, but I've actually had to really let that go and not care about other people because other people's journey is their journey. Um, coming out on a large scale is very risky, right? Like you probably lose a lot of followers doing that. You don't lose a ton comparatively, right? But you lose some. Um, and also it doesn't matter. Everybody's journey is different. Um, and I would rather, uh, be better. I get way more satisfaction being better than I was a week ago or three weeks ago or a year ago. I get a lot of satisfaction of my growth from a year ago. I'll say that. Um, but like really, um, it's Cardi B says it on my own competition. I'm competing with myself, right? Like I just want to be better, do better every time. Um, and the things that I take the most pride in, honestly, like are the aerobics I teach. I know my aerobics are better all the time because I get better and I focus on making them better and just learning new things, learning new physiology, choreographing new stuff. And just, um, I enjoy it. It's truly, I think what I'm on this planet to do, um, is to teach those aerobics and teach people about the mindset behind me getting free and me getting peaceful. Um, and, and that's really all I do. I'm passing the piece. Someone was like on my Instagram, slid into my DMs and was like, you should make your Patreon your link. And I was like, it is, it's on my link tree. <laughs> and she was like, but I just didn't know that you were supported by Patreon and like, blah, blah, blah. So here we go back to marketing. Right. Um, but you know, whatever, like, I think that, um, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not perfect in any way. I don't claim to be perfect, but I do really like, I'm here to pass the piece, right? Like I, didn't expect when the coronavirus hit that I would suddenly become a fully Patreon supported artist. Um, all of my other endeavors um, kind of shriveled up a little bit. Not all of them, uh, but not a, not all the ones that may, were making me money uh, shriveled up. And so now it's just me and my Patreon. So I'm focused on putting as much value as I possibly can. Um, Patreon, for those of you who don't know, is a membership support site um, that allows folks like you to support creators like me who make work that nourish your life or enhance your life in some way. Um, I just want to make it a really undeniable value. Uh, there's lots of different levels of support. For two bucks, you can join. You get free access to my uh, Saturday Zoom aerobics class. You get um, a private podcast uh, just for y'all, um, full of self-care tidbits and tips and tools and things like that um, that I don't share anywhere else. Updates about my life I don't share about it, share anywhere else. Um, and then also uh, my flagship level is Facky Dance Party Live, which is the $25 a month. And that's six on-demand aerobics classes available and it's refreshed weekly. So there's a new class every week. I film them in the forest. They're beautiful. Um, I feel like I can get just so much better sound quality and video quality, like filming it and uploading it versus the Zoom class, which is a Zoom class, right? It's its, its own thing. Um, I love them both. Um, but I, I love teaching this aerobics class. This is really like why I'm here. Um, Facu Dance Party Aerobics is for anyone who feels left behind by mainstream fitness. Um, if you've ever been called too fat, too much, or felt, uh, too awkward to dance, it's the supportive class for you. I'm kind of a like derivative aerobics instructor of like Miss Piggy, Dolly Parton, Richard Simmons, like with my own choreo with a very strong drag background. Um, so I'll say all of that just to say, if you had told me even a year ago that I would be fully supported by Patreon, I would be super, uh, I would have laughed 
right? Like I, I, because I was, I wouldn't have conceived that, and that wasn't the road I was on. But I had to be willing to pivot, right? Like during when the coronavirus happened, and so I'm so grateful for it. I'm so grateful I get to do this work. Um, I truly, truly love what I do. Um, but also, like if you had told me like five years ago I would become an aerobics instructor, I would have laughed. And um, and you know, five years ago I was 36, and that's pretty old for like that, for that standard success thing, right? Like by 36, you're supposed to have a lot of stuff figured out. I did not. And you know what? I'm 41 and I still don't have everything figured out. And I don't think I'm ever going to have everything figured out. I think I'm just going to keep unfolding and keep, keep learning new things about myself and keep creating new possibilities for intimacy with the people I love by continuing to be the person I truly am on the inside and cracking each shell around me. That's trying to keep me trapped in other people's ideas of me. Um, I really want you to just give into the new version of you that's unfolding. And I want you to understand and, and remember that that new version of you that's unfolding is going to keep unfolding. There's going to keep being newer and newer versions of you and the people in your life who are really meant to be there. And I'll say this as a person who's got now friends that I've been friends with as an adult for 20 years, those people, the real, the true homies will be there, um, no matter who you are, um, and they'll love you and support you. So I just want to be here as a loving and supportive presence that is just like the little fat fairy godmother cheering you on for doing the uncomfortable thing, for doing the new thing, for leaning in and leaping to the new version of you. Be uncomfortable, leap anyway, release the stuff that doesn't serve you, have gratitude and appreciation for where you're at, be authentic, compete with yourself. Be positive like it's your job and you will become who you need to be for that goal to come into your life. I love you so much. I hope you know you're worthy of love exactly as you are. There's nothing you need to change. Um, and I so appreciate you tuning into my podcast and sharing and rating and reviewing if, that, if you so choose. Um, and I'll see you next week.